I'm so thankful to be here today. Everybody good? Dave, are you good? <laughs> Dave's great. He can just ice me. That's a fitting start to what we're here to talk about, though. That seems like the type of antics of the group <laughs> that we were it talking does, about. Yeah. So, all three of you have uh, had your chance to discuss your, you know, an important musician. I don't know if I would say each of those was your favorite, but uh, I can confidently say that for Hagen. Nice. Dave, temporarily at least. Adam. Probably I, temporarily, but not forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, it was floated. What's a good way to end this? You know, there there wasn't a natural uh, decrescendo or you know a natural swan song. So uh, I don't know who came up with it. I I don't think it was me. But we basically said, hey, is there a band that all three of y'all like? And guess what? There is. It's the Foo Fighters. <laughs> this is the day I've been dreading. <laughs> No, but I'm gonna. Problem. (laughs) I'm gonna stay positive, as I have for all the other episodes, and we are here to talk about y'all's favorite band, the Foo Fighters. So, I mean, same uh, thing we did last time. We can just kind of go through it, but I mean, Hagen, you're the obvious one to start with. How'd you get into the Foo Fighters? The obvious one to start with? Yeah, you're a drummer. Oh, I see. Um, I mean, they have a drummer in the band. <laughs> well, I mean, I, th- I I don't know if I'm going to be. Uh, I I actually think that all three of us I think got in on the same record. Yeah. Are you about Basically. to tell us you don't like the Foo Fighters? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so I, at one point in time in high school, <laughs> do you shut the fuck up? The bit's Smiles. over, man. <laughs> still so rude. So disrespectful. So disrespectful. So, um. There was a point in high school where I had friends that were listening to the Foo Fighters and Queens of the Stone Age, and I kind of liked Queens of the Stone Age, but I didn't really like Foo Fighters. And the problem was they're listening to them Crooked Vultures too, and they were all about it. And I was like, I don't really like this that much. Um, and I couldn't tell you what what shifted. Just someday, something shifted in me, and I was like, oh wait a minute, them Crooked Vultures is really cool. I should get into like the rest of these people. So um, then I started listening to the Foo Fighters more, and I was like, this is really great. And then they released uh, their, like, they released Rope, and they released the previews for Race for Wasting Light, um, which had Bridge Burning to start. What is that? What are, you, what are you doing? I'm doing the West Side sign, but for, like, Wasted Light. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> that was the album that really shaped a lot of my love for the band. And at the same time of that album dropping, they released their documentary, Back and Forth which Adam and I went and saw in theaters, which is hilarious which is to think about. so funny in hindsight. <laughs> Holy shit. I couldn't drive at the time. Adam, Adam drove me. I still what? have my same car. Yeah. <laughs> so many things have changed. That, that was back when it only had 150,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had to go to some, because it was, it was only in select theaters. Yeah, it was in a, to... I forget where it was, but yeah, we had to go like to a specific place and we were like, we're going to go see this in a different town. Yeah. 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 Um, but that was, it was, it was a whole, it was a culmination of like being really excited for this album. Um, and, uh, liking all the singles and the, the, the preview for bridge burning, uh, was like, just like blew my mind. And then the documentary just really shaped like my, like, Oh my God, this band is so cool. I I already was getting into the music, but then all of it combined. I was like, this is so, this is, they're, they're just amazing. They're fucking amazing. Yeah, and, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but that's also the one where they cut up the master tape and put it in each mm-hmm. uh, yeah. physical yeah. copy. Because I remember 
I I have a copy of Wasted Light yeah. at my parents' house that I still have, and it has the master tape in it. Yeah. So and that was the that was the one that they did in quote unquote Dave's garage. They basically just built a studio in Dave's garage. It's his garage, but it was a studio. But they're and really it, proud of saying it's it's it, just a garage. Yeah. <laughs> the, the garage in his mansion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Adam, is it a similar story for you, or were you a little bit before or after? No, I guess actually, it had to be either before. before. Um, I mean that wasting lights kind of when I got like back into them. Um, but I had listened to In Your Honor, which came out in two thousand five. That's the one with Best of You on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's also like it's long, a double it's, album. It's a double album, yeah. and it is like it has it has my forever favorite Foo Fighters song on it. Uh, what? These are wings because isn't the cover like a heart or something? No, nah, different Fuck. album. Wait, these are wings because <laughs> the cover's a heart. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying. It kind of made sense to me. Y'all go go through each album, and I'll give you a hand signal for okay. each. No. Not all at once, just throughout no. the episode. Adam, keep t- yeah, telling your story. Um, that so I. Definitely remember I first got that album because my dad gave it to me. I think when I had just gotten like my, you know, first stereo or whatever. I was playing loud music annoying my family. Uh, and my dad's like, here, you should listen to this. You'll, you'll like it. And then sure enough, I did. And Echoes, Silence, Patience, and Grace came out next, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> We're not too sure. But I mean, I, I listened to that album and enjoyed it a little bit at the time but kind of just fell off of listening to Foo Fighters and then Wasting Light came out and I was like, oh, this band's great. I'm going to get back into this. And pretty much ever since then, at that point, I was like, you know, it's a recurring like rotation kind of thing for me. Yeah, I know. It's definitely an event every, an, an event every time something comes out, especially when they did that. Um, uh, Cow Jam? Yeah. Y'all yeah. both went well, to I was going to say, we drove to go see them at a the movie theater thing yeah, the documentary and then we fucking went to california <laughs> to go see them oh but that was that like i mean yeah we did go to california to go see them but that was a really special like dave Grohl putting on a, like this this giant festival this festival and, thing that probably was only going to happen once and foo fighters and queens of the stone age headlining yeah. like in the mountains it was awesome quatsa yeah. quatsa dave uh I, th- I i remember hearing their songs and i liked monkey wrench like dave Grohl's scream in the middle of that song is I don't think it's one take. People have said it's one take, that he does it all at once. Uh, Is there a lot of Foo Fighters lore? Yes. Oh, yeah. Lots. Yeah, there's, I would say, a surprising amount of references and stuff that people make to them. Well, they've been a band for 26 years now. There there is that, but it just still seems weird because it's like, they're not, I don't want to say not that interesting of a band, but like, it's weird that they have so much like backstory and history and stuff. And you would expect that from other bands. Is it true that the singer played in Nirvana for a little bit? No, it just no, looks like him. It really looks like him. Cool. Anyway, so uh, I remember hearing those songs and not really thinking much about it. But then when Wasting Light came out, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to check this out. And I fell in love with it. But really, it was the documentary for me as well. Yeah. The, the, the year that that came out, I, I swear to you, I watched it at least 75 times. It's it's such a good documentary, and it really tells their story perfectly. Um, well, and that also was like kind of the start of them doing these like special things with each album yeah. and that they've done other documentaries since then. And like he did the sound city thing, which was not Foo Fighters, but is, you know, related obviously. Yeah. And that is also like just kind of an appealing, interesting thing is like, if you're into this, then like, you're going to like this and you get like more things to enjoy from this one, you know, album that you otherwise might just play a couple times and be like, Oh, okay, whatever. Well, and it's all through um, Roswell Films. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's his film company. That's his. That's Dave Grohl's yeah. film company. It's really Dave Grohl doing all this stuff. Everybody and, else is just kind of hanging out. Yeah, yeah, they just. Which, in some in some cases, that's a good a good way to run a band. Is it's not, uh, like not everybody has a say. Dave Grohl is like, we're gonna do this, 
And they're like, okay. <laughs> so um, moving forward, uh, I'm just going to throw out questions and you guys can pick it up if you don't want to answer. Totally fine. I'm not going to go down the line anymore. Um, but Hagen, uh, like, does it at all? <laughs> <laughs> Starting with Hagen. <laughs> All right, then I won't ask that question. No, 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 no. That was just really fun. Does it play at all? Like uh, Dave Grohl, your mom's a teacher. Dave uh-huh. Grohl's mom's a teacher. Dave Grohl is was a drummer. You're a drummer. Does that play at all for you? I mean, there, there or was is a... that too personal of a question. No, no. I mean, there was. What's really... on your inner arm? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it. What, 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 what really it was is like. Uh, there was a point in time and I mean, I would be kidding myself if I said, I'm still not like this a little bit, but like, I mean, we all have people we look up to like idols, especially like as like, like musical idols or people that we just love. Um, and as you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing as we learn more about like parasocial relationships and how like we, uh, you know, have watched people's like people's lives happen and we feel close to them in some way. Um, and it's so strange to not know them. But the thing with Dave Grawl is that, whether like whether or not it be his mom's a teacher or he's a drummer, I've always like seen something and I'm like, I, I just I just have this weird like once I fell in love with them, I was like, there's just something there's just some connection that I can't ever break. And people always told me I looked like Dave Grohl, so that didn't help anything. <laughs> um, and my mom even made the joke, uh, I'm outing her on this one, um, that what, the first time I went to see them, it was in Oklahoma. So I drove from Dallas to Oklahoma. That's a good joke. <laughs> and and my mom says, well, uh, I, I hope Dave Grohl looks out in the crowd and sees you and goes, son? I'm like, <laughs> mom, you can't make that joke. I don't know if you know this, but you can't actually make that joke. <laughs> I've always thought you looked like Steve Aoki. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I, are you taking control here? No, no, no. I was going to piggyback off what Hagen said. Sorry. You're good. Um, I, for this me, it's obviously looser. Yeah. When I look at, uh, why I'm, he's, he's an idol for me too. And I think when I was younger, especially around that time that I got into them, uh, I wasn't necessarily an insecure person, but it, it definitely on stage, I was pretty quiet. And then seeing him command an audience as a front man is like, it gave me so much confidence. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, just like listening to how, um, like Butch Vig talks about him playing just the drum intro on smells like teen spirit. He's a kid and he, yeah, he was a great drummer and he still is a great drummer, but the intro to smells like teen spirit isn't like, it's not the best craziest thing you've ever heard on drums, but the way that Dave Grohl played it will always be the thing that's like, it's his personality comes out in his playing all the time. I think that's probably something that what like connects him to each member of the band too, because I think that like I would say Taylor Hawkins, if you just watch his face alone, every time he hits his snare drum, it's like he looks like he's in pain. But it's like he's really putting himself into his playing. I think that every member of the band really puts themselves into into the whole art. And even some of the previous members, like uh, William Goldsmith, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. He he hit like Taylor too. Yeah. But he just wasn't into it as much. Well. <laughs> Dave wasn't into him as much. Yeah, but understand. <laughs> can you imagine being the drummer for the Foo Fighters? No, it's like, I could. fuck. I don't know how to play drums. Can, can you imagine Dave Grohl also being like, no, "I don't like you"? Yeah. Well, I know that's not how it no, went. It was yeah, like, yeah. "I'm going to record drums." Yeah. Yeah. It, it was. You can still a, tour. A, you're and not, I want you to record on the next record. Yeah. But it wasn't yeah. a. You're not good enough. I'm going to do it though. Yeah. 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 I would have been like, okay, right. Like if yeah. I, if Geddy Lee asked me to be in his band and he's like, "I'm going to record the bass parts." 
And then, okay. And then you get to go on tour. And then I get to yeah. go on tour. Oh, yeah. All right. If that, was, if that was a previously agreed upon thing, then sure. But if you're asked by someone to be, like, I couldn't imagine being that. Like, like, like him, him and Nate were in their other band, Sunny Day Real Estate, and then they were put in the position of, okay, we're joining Dave Grohl's band. This is awesome. This yeah. is so cool. And there's that part of you that's like, well, if Dave Grohl wants to play drums on his record, then of course he should play drums on his record. Right. But he also yeah. asked me to be the fucking drummer. So I want to be the fucking drummer. I know this. I'm, I'm going to take that pressure and be better. But then at that time, they were still really young kids. Yeah, that's Especially true. musically. Yeah. So is there anything um, musically or what could you pinpoint about the Foo Fighters that you like? Is there something you could do say, Adam? I mean, I think one of the things that comes across, especially in their like live performances and the documentaries and stuff, is just kind of the genuine like nature of it. They're all just having fun making music, and they're not, you know, they're not trying to be like, oh, this is the best thing that I've ever done. I'm such a pretentious asshole about right. it. Right. Like, they're just people having fun. And that that's like, you know, an appealing part of it, I think. It's almost consequential uh, that or inconsequential that they're one of the biggest rock bands right. in the world. Yeah, they, they definitely act like, oh, we're not a big deal. Like, we're just, you know, band they, playing yeah. these songs. And like, we went to record in their garage. It's not a garage. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's that uh, video of them playing Jump. Uh, and yeah. their rehearsal space and their rehearsal space looks like a rehearsal space we would play in. Yeah. So it lends credence to what you're saying, Adam, that like it feels like regardless of the grandeur, they would be doing this. Yeah. And they and, and the other thing like like musically about them that really just I, I think that can stick to anybody is that they have every every kind of song you could possibly want. You want like that pop rock hit, they got it. You want like the heavy rock shit, they got it. You want like the song that's gonna make you cry, really slow, sad song, they got that. What's their most recent uh, thing they put out, Dave? The, it's not. The it's not album? theirs. What did they put out re- <laughs> most recently? Just most recent release. The oh, the, the DGs. The DGs. <laughs> yeah, they got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah want you want disco? They got it. Turns out they've done that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems like for better or for worse, they do what they want. And, you well, know. and like they're, they're having fun of it, too. They're not taking themselves too seriously and be like, well, we made a documentary about ourselves, guys. We can't play these, like, we're not going to play these hole-in-the-wall venues. They go and play to, like, the Cubby Bear in Chicago, and it's, like, a tiny little venue. Well... Yeah, and they're like doing cool things with like, hey, we're gonna do a tour where we play in like people's actual garages, not the one that we recorded in. Yeah, that was super cool. And then, and then at the end of the documentary, they were playing a small club in in L.A. Yeah. that wasn't announced. It was them. Like the documentary ends with them walking on stage playing the new album front to back. Well, they didn't know it was crazy. Could you imagine being in that crowd? Well, like, they still have done stuff like that. Yeah, they continue like, to do two, that. Two years ago, right? They did the. The show they had in L.A. also, I guess, that was the Holy Shits, right? Yeah, yeah, that's And they were just right, like, yeah. we're playing all these old uh, Foo Fighters songs just because, and like nobody knew we were going to be here, so. And this, uh, before the pandemic started, they were going to do like the van tour, yeah. where yeah. they would yeah. drive into the venue in a in a van, and like get out and play in the middle of the audience. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> so, I mean, Hagen, you kind of already answered this with uh, talking about, um, you know, what Dave Grohl means to you, but are there any like life events that like, no, Adam, you say you don't really, uh, you know, associate music with like life events, but I can imagine like going to Cal jam, uh, all that kind of stuff. Like you guys, like, it seems like it's an event. Every There's time definitely like comes out. memorable stuff to it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I can't say is the case for every band. 
did for w- me. Did Wasting Light come out in, in 20, 2007? 2011. 2011. 2011. Okay, yeah. So in 2007, Incubus released Morning View, and I was driving to with my parents. They were going to drop me off in my undergrad. And I remember that, listening to that record for the first time. And then driving to the airport to fly to Texas, I listened to Wasting Light for the first time. And I was like, dude, this is fucking great, and I'll never forget this moment. Yeah. It's it, it really it really is something with I, I I don't know what it is how to pinpoint what it is with their sound or what it is but the like you said Jackson you you put it really great every release is an event like and it's and and it's not just it's not just like fans it's like it just feels like when they release something it's like this is this is going to be huge this is going to be the next like big thing and it's 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 exciting because they always they almost always take it to some kind of next step what, musically. Or at least something with the album. I mean, whether whether or not like wasting light to Sonic Highways. If you don't like Sonic Highways, I don't like Sonic Highways. Uh, but like, it's a great well, album for what it is. And they they did again to that point about the documentary and stuff. They did a cool thing with that. Even if you didn't like it, it was cool to be like, hey, we're gonna go like film how we wrote every song, which turns out is maybe not a great plan. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> but it's cool record. to like see it. Yeah, I, I, I like the record, but it is not their best, obviously. Right, and I think it's because of you know the nature of just let's go record a song. Dave Grohl wrote the lyrics on the spot, uh, on the spot with 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 words from the interviews he did after interviewing all the people from the city. Yeah, yeah. But like it's a it's a cool concept for them to do at that point in their career too of being like, we just did our you know biggest album we've done yet, and then we're gonna do this like weird thing over here because we want to. Yeah, exactly. So and they they they're a really consistent band where I mean Radiohead at best is releasing an album every three years but it's it's getting it's longer and increasingly longer, longer. yeah say, that number is not as big as it actually is but <laughs> then on the opposite side of that there is you know you know like back in the day willie nelson was releasing like five albums a year and that's just got to be exhausting as a listener but they're they're pretty consistent so yeah it's nice to have an event to look forward to it's like a new season of a television show it's just like you have it to look forward to you know and it, during the pandemic, I'm sure they were doing a lot of stuff while they were, you know, idle, quote unquote. Yeah. Well, they, they had that record done before the pandemic started. Yeah. And so they just had to sit on it because they were going to yeah. do it. was their 25th anniversary. Yeah. They were going to do this huge tour. I'm curious to see if they if they like have other things that they're sitting on, though. Like, I'm sure. They I do. think it's pretty likely. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm very because they always like Dave Grohl always has the ideas that are just like forming up. That's the, so like they always have something else they're they're doing. They always have more ideas they're bringing up. But then on top of that, it's so it's so good to remember that like they are also on top like like uh, attentive to the world and they pay attention to what's happening and they troll the Westboro Baptist Church. That is my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking love that so much. It is like it is one of those things where you look at this band and you're like, oh, they're you know they're so cool. Like Dave Grohl's such a nice guy and they write such a good fucking what? music. And then they go, they go and do that. And it's like yes. Now they're, how can we not just love you? I think they're a band too that gets associated with like well they they're not gonna do anything like political or like controversial or anything. They're just like you know radio rock whatever kind of crap like people think that of them. yeah and then they go do that and you're like oh no they have opinions yeah and they're yeah. very happy to share them with everybody yeah so how much does the life component uh you know take into effect of how much you like the band i think that it it really didn't until it did like i i didn't care about it until i saw them live and then i was like oh yeah holy shit this is so cool this is like 
like it really is like a next level experience. Like, I, like I, I've I've brought people to go see them live because it's like you should just see this. You should just experience this. And everybody who's seen them that I've taken, they're just like that was so cool. That was so much fun. I've I've heard them play one song live. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. To you. So, <laughs> I mean, te- on a technicality, you've seen them live, but yeah. for all intensive purposes, you have not seen them live. No. What do you think that would will be like? Because you'll see them live. I one hundred percent. The next time they come through Texas, I'm going to see them for sure. Yeah. But um, I think it's going to be incredible because they have that one song I heard was by far and above the best, most clear and full live sound I've ever heard from a band. It was unbelievable. And they're like notorious for playing those three-hour sets. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll play you your worth. a really long show, and it's very, I guess, responsive to the audience to a degree, where like Dave Grohl feeds off that energy, and, and, and it's factoring into their performance in a way. Yeah, and you, and like... I mean, you generally know like kind of the gist of what you're getting into, but I mean, they, they, they have like added endings for songs. They do extra instrumentals, extra solos. And then if depending on like you're in the right city at the right time, you never know if he's going to invite someone else on stage to come do something because that's a total, that, that like that's, that's a crapshoot. Like you could just yeah. say like, Oh, it's a, it's your average show. He's not going to do that, but he could just do it because he wants to. Or but, they'll fly somebody in on a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even just watching live footage of them on like YouTube, I've spent hours and hours and hours doing that. Yeah, and some of those, uh, the smaller shows, like the Cubby Bear one is one that I have like gone back and watched. I'm like, this is great. Like, I would love to go see them in this kind of context of a small venue. People knew they were going to be there, so it wasn't a surprise show, but it's like they played two and a half, two hours and 45 minutes maybe at that show, and it's like, that's a lot. But yeah. if, you're in, if you're into it, then you're like, that's the best show you've been to, right? So, Dave, if you had a choice... Would you want to see them at a small venue or a big one? Yeah, uh, a small venue, a smaller one. Yeah, yeah because I, I think that's just it, the the choice in general. I don't really like going to huge venues. Well, yeah, I, I, that I tends feel... to be a more like interesting environment anyway. Yeah, for most artists at least. Ninety percent of the time, I would agree with you. The only reason I would think Foo Fighters would be, and I'm the uninitiated here, um, I would think otherwise is that like they are such a big band and not in sheer number, but like in like scope, they have like eight guitarists. Um, <laughs> but Sorry. I just feel I think, like I think you meant nine. Yeah. So, <laughs> I forgot a trash can player. Um, the scope of that, I think would get lost in a smaller sound system. That's a good point. I, I would like to sit side stage at, uh, yeah. at a huge show. I, I would imagine they're a band, maybe not all of them, but Dave Grohl at least is, it's a band that doesn't wear in-ears. The, the, I think the only one that does is Nate, the bass player. So I bet the sound side, side stage sounds really good. Yeah. I think, I think that now I would choose small stage, but I think, I think I'd have to agree with Jackson's point of, I think that I'd have to go see them at like a big venue. I mean, it's like, it, it, it just, it just makes the sound. I mean, like, when was the last time you were at a small venue and the sound was as full as like seeing something like like that? I mean, it's like sound can be good at a small venue. I'm not saying that, but it's like it's just it's just not capable it's of not, doing that. not as much. Yeah. yeah, well, it can be for something like an acoustic artist yeah. or a smaller right. like an indie band. Yeah. But for something that is like they are a stadium rock band, that is yeah. one of their genres that should be yeah, absolutely. You know, tacked onto their name, and with that, there should be stadiums. I feel. 
Yeah, maybe actually when I... I think Bomb Factory, uh, which is like a mid-level venue here in Dallas, it should be... It's just the factory now? Fuck. It's just the factory? Is it really? Yeah. The Uh, bomb went off? (laughs) I think that's the smallest venue you would want to see a band like this in. Yeah. Yeah. Not something like House of Blues or tiny, like in a thousand seater. Yeah. It's got to be something more like, I think it's like something like... 5,000? 6,000. But what was the venue in Irving that uh, I didn't see them? That that was great. I would see them there again. Yeah. I think I would rather that. You make a really good point. Same size. They were at Fair Park. Yeah, they were at Fair Park. They were at Fair Park. Uh, Same difference. (laughs) (laughs) They're both band shells, baby. Yeah, they were they were they were at Fair Park for that. Now is that was like I mean I, I like every place I've seen them, it's been big and it's been I think like the best thing to suit the sound. Like I couldn't imagine hearing like Dave Grohl's guitar in like a closed off room, you know, that just, that just feels like I'm, it feels like yeah. we're, we're limiting what could be happening right now. You just hear. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it would, it, I think that I would love to see them. I think in I, an ideal scenario, I think that I, I think all of us, the three of us would drop everything. I'm assuming would drop everything that's happening in a given moment to go see them do like the skin and bone shit, like the acoustic shit, oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. the super small, like almost orchestral shit. Why is that? That, uh, I mean, that album is just different. And it's uh, the recording of those like shows they did and stuff. It's just cool to see them in a different like context. And that yeah. was kind of the start of them. I think getting like more instrumentation going and like, yeah, that was, yeah, that was the beginning of that. Taking yeah. it more seriously in terms of like the musical like nature of it being like, we can do more than just seven guitars. Yeah, there was it, it's it's really obviously so different in sound because it's like basically an acoustic show. Um but like for the Skin and Bones tour, they had like cellos, they had like they had a percussionist. A, they had, yeah, they had a percussionist. <laughs> they had they had the the violin player that they, they always have now. Um they had like they had all of this stuff happening. I think that was probably when Rami first played with them too. They're, they're, yeah, they're, that, they're, that was when he first joined as a Session yeah. musician. Well, that was Echo Silence, Patience, and Grace, right? That was, was in between In Your after, Honor and... Yeah. Was In Your Honor the double album? Yeah, yeah. so okay. it was in between those two because In Your Honor had the song Skin and Bones on it. Yeah, and the second, and the second half of that album is quieter. Is, it's yeah. A, yeah. It closes yeah. It closes with Razor, my favorite song of theirs, which is just... It, it gets bigger, but it's like pretty much just a guitar in Dave Grohl. Yeah. yeah, and it has Home. Yeah, which it is, has Home. That's yeah. my favorite Foo Fighters song. Have you heard that double, the double record? No. So the first half is all rambunctious and Foo Fighters. The second half is like pared down acoustic stuff. Pretty much for me, I've heard the hits of right. Foo Fighters and I've listened to Wasting, Wasting Light. Wasting Light, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that that would be one of those things where like it almost doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'll drop it to go see them do something like yeah, that. Yeah, if they did a tour like that again, I would go fly to California again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they have a ton of albums, right? Yeah. At this point. Yeah. 10. Yeah. That's a good amount. Or around 10 at least. It's 11. Yeah. Is is that, is the new one 11? I think it's 11. Are you counting St. Cecilia? They have plenty. No, that's that's an EP. I'm not even worried about EPs, even though I know like that St. Cecilia. Oh no, it is 10. It is 10. That that EP is cool because it's, it came after the album that, we're not as enthused about so it's 10 and i'm not counting dgs and i'm not counting the skin and bones live record i'm counting just their studio, uh, studio, studio. records yeah yeah because yeah, i know uh um god what's the name of the one where they wrote songs of different cities sonic, sonic, highways. sonic highways that was their eighth record yeah 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 because there was eight all over the place That's yeah. Right. yeah yeah so i guess um do you guys think you would be as into this band if they weren't doing the I don't want to call them gimmicks, but like the 
added things, uh, such as the documentaries. And, um, I mean, there's other stuff they do, like the, you know, as I said, cutting up the master tape, all that kind of stuff. They do I mean, a lot of stuff for, like, record store days and for yeah. local yeah. businesses and... I think I think that like the documentary made it really easy to get into them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the common thing is that all these other extra things they do are just another way to like get into it more than just like oh I heard the album I'm like yeah that's cool. But, I feel like my parents were talking about Sound City when that came out. Yeah, so that, yeah. that was such a universal thing. I mean, yeah, there is there is an aspect of like if Dave Grohl wasn't doing other things, would people care as much? Maybe not. But, but but what I'll say is that I think Wasting Light would have been the album that got, that got me into them no matter what. Yeah. Now, does that mean that I would have listened to as much of their past discography as I, as I have? I don't know. But I know that Wasting Light would have been the point in time where I'm like, okay, this this band is fucking awesome and they're they're just like they're one of the top. And and I think that like when when going back and listening to their past discography, I think that I almost like I there was a point where I was doing that and I almost like scarily almost started to like them a little bit less, which sucked in, in the moment. Cause so I was like, you know, like, Oh, I don't like, you know, the, the self title as much as I hoped that I did, but yeah, there you go. It's the gun. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. But, but that, but that was a, that was a weird time for me. Also, I was like a freshman in college, like, like getting like understanding how to like music was still like a whole, me, I'm still doing it, but well, there is the aspect of like, Oh, people think of Foo Fighters as like a, not dad rock band necessarily, but like that kind of like, ah, oh, they're just a popular rock band. Nobody cares yeah. about like, they don't really matter. They're not doing anything cool. Like whatever. Well, yeah. For a while they felt like that because there was, yeah. there were like quote unquote, no rock bands and they were still playing award shows. There's that, that clip yeah. The they had that. Where... And then they, they put out a couple albums that like kind of just felt similar, not the same, but they're, yeah. you know, it, it was definitely like clear. They were like finding out what do we do now? Like, yeah. What's next? Well, like... they, they went through that phase that most bands do when they get big enough where they're playing stadiums. Yeah that a couple of records in a row just sound kind of similar because they're trying to write songs that sound good in a stadium. Well, and conceptually in your honor and echoes silence, patience and grace, they're basically like conceptually the same idea. Just one's not a double record. It's like yeah. you have the same idea where it's like rambunctious shit. And we're going to have some soft shit in here. Why too. not do both? Yeah. <laughs> but, or, no. So it's, it's, but Dave, you can do both. Yeah. <laughs> That that is around the same time too that they started working with different producers too, which I think yeah. is another aspect of them that like helps them stay fresh as a band to like listen to. Is like yeah, you have the gimmicks and stuff to like tie into an album release and like maybe get more in out of it than you would normally, but also you have their choosing to try to push themselves in new directions more so than maybe other bands do. Yeah, yeah. Another thing is they're still writing different songs and and taking left turns and being the musicianship is the bar is getting raised. They're getting better. Yeah. They're, they're still doing different things too, that upset fans who see their first new song on SNL and go, it sucks. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, I think their most recent album medicine at midnight is a perfect example of people of, of them going, we're going to do something different. And, and whether or not people like it or not, we don't care. We're going to do something different. Yeah. What's that song? Love dies young. Or is, is that what it's called? I think so. Uh, that one is a very, sharp left turn the first time i heard it, i was like what the oh yeah it's fuck? the closer it's the closer on the what album. the yeah, fuck yeah. and now i love it yeah so the, yeah with them having 10 albums this is the question i have to ask what do you guys think is the starter album for a new listener and i have a feeling i know what the answer is but if you guys want to deliberate 
<laughs> if you're if you're under the age of 25, listen to Medicine at Midnight. Really? I think so. I think that's yeah, that's a fair choice. I was I I honestly think that my my go-to would be Concrete and Gold for for people who are new. I was so wrong. I well, thought you were just going to say Wasting, wasting Light. Well, I think I think I think that I would tell people to go listen to Wasting Light, but it's like if you're a food, if you're someone who like maybe knows the hits, right? And you're like, I don't know, I don't know where to start. Like should I should I start with like you know, one of the like one by one, or should I, you know, what should I do? I'm like, well, I think that if, if, especially if you're younger, I think that Medicine at Midnight is is a good choice because it does have like a lot of like newer approaches to music. But Concrete and Gold has that plus them. Mm-hmm. Run yeah, is still feel... one of the fucking heaviest things to ever. And and the and fucking uh, T-shirt is that the, that's the, yeah, that's the starter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like just all of that back to back is like, this is the Foo Fighters oh, and you're still going like, to get that. That whole album feels like this is an album they could have come out with 10 years ago. And we'd be like, yeah, that sounds great. But um, also coming out when it did still felt fresh. Yeah. Like it, it still feels really good. Uh, pro tip. If you do choose to listen to concrete and gold and you, you do so with headphones in, don't turn up the opening track. Yeah. Don't turn Just it up. Trust that Just you have trust right that volume. you have the right volume. Cause it'll shock the shit out of you when it kicks in. So yeah, it sounds like we got a couple of answers, and I, I think good. Concrete and Gold would be mine. So. But that that's not necessarily not y'all's light. favorite album. No, which no. Wasting Light, Color in the Shape. I think Wasting Light. Yeah, yeah okay. So I, I I tend to think every so often I think about like their newest album is like yeah that's the best one, but probably Wasting Light. Yeah. So uh, would y'all agree that probably starting with the earlier stuff is not the way to get into it, even though you are going to miss, you know, stuff like Big Me and it, Everlong and Monkey Rich, which you will come around to. You're going to hear those. I would say if you're going to listen to the older stuff, though, don't start with the first album for sure. I'm, I'm going to give but, a controversial opinion here. And this is, you can kick me off the podcast after I say this. I will actually be okay with that. Okay. If, if like you're starting, if you're, if you want to get into the Foo Fighters, I, they have a really good greatest hits record. Their greatest hits is actually a really good album. That's actually fair. Yeah, it, I agree. It does have their greatest hits plus a lot of other shit, um, plus a lot of shit that maybe has been heard in a TV show or a movie or what. I mean, it's like it's it's a very good greatest hits record that is like you want to start on the earlier stuff. Go listen to the greatest hits, and if you like like maybe uh, two of these songs that are on this album, go listen to that album. But start with the greatest hits and enjoy that because that record. Is is a, is a really good listen. It really is. Yeah. So, Adam, if you're in agreement that like some of the earlier records aren't their strongest, I mean, I think the color and the shape is the the turning point, the earliest record to go listen to if you want to be like, I want to go listen to the original Foo Fighters. But even that album's unquote. like an hour long. Uh, it might be, but that's yeah. fine. You can listen to it. Okay. So I was gonna. What I was gonna <laughs> ask I, you. I don't is... think. I think part of why I like the their music too is that they're not going after like the really short albums. Yeah. I mean, this newest album is the shortest, right? Yeah. yeah. So, they're, they're just making an album. Yeah. And, and most of the time, it's longer than would be okay today, but I don't see that as a problem. Yeah. So, so uh, what would you guys say is their biggest song? Is it Everlong? Because as an outsider, to me, that's their biggest song. That being said, yeah. I can think of so many Foo Fighters songs that I've heard in a uh, you know movie. To, to a lesser extent, it's almost like, what's the Rolling Stones' biggest song? Sympathy for the Devil. I might say satisfaction. I think I think for the Food Fighters, I think it probably is Everlong. But I mean, like, I was I was at work the other day, and I mean, yeah, we work at a music store, so obviously they know Food Fighter songs. But like, uh, somebody like mentioned the Pretender, and just I hear someone far away just going cut 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 
kind of just doing the snare drum in the beginning. And I was like, oh, okay. So, I mean, this is like, that's universal song. Best of you is universal song, but maybe in the sense that it's become like a meme in itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Which I, I fucking hate. But I, mean, I think learn, ever learn to fly might be up there. Yeah. I think, you, I think Everlong is their most popular. Do you song. guys yeah. want me? How about let's do this. Do you guys want to guess the top five <laughs> Spotify? And that's not, obviously that's not the whole story because not all fans use Spotify, but it's, it's a, a good, good indicator. Uh, you, in order, you guys want to guess in order, or, <laughs> or or just like just like dealer's choice. Can we just guess the songs? Yeah, okay. I and you guys get five guesses as a group. Uh, I think I don't know the order. I think Everlong's top. I think Pretender, Best of You, All My Life. Don't know the last one. Monkey Wrench. Adam, I could see that being another. I Time to Fly for some reason sticks. To me that it might be but i don't it's probably not because it's too old you mean learn to fly learn to fly yeah <laughs> ding 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 it is ever this is uh from one to five everlong the pretender best of you learn to fly all my life everlong has 521 million so Dude, you did fucking nailed it Woo! yeah hagan got four adam you got one monkey ranch go. is good though yeah monkey ranch is yeah that's, that's i really one. like that song so, have you listened to what Jackson? What have you listened to mostly? Because we're the top five on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're making the joke that you're not a Foo Fighters fan. That's not a joke. <laughs> okay, but you don't hate the Foo Fighters. Okay. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, Wasting Light is the only record I can listen to. Yeah, everything else it feels like I'm waiting, getting into a hit. I'm just waiting for a hit. Um, right. Yeah, I would say Wasting Light. Have you seen the documentary? For Wasting Light? No, just like the Food Fighters documentary. Well, I mean, it is for Wasting Light. Yeah, but but it's it's a chrono. Yeah. Whatever that word is. (laughs) You should should watch it. I've seen Sonic Highways, the show, and I've seen Sound City. And other than that, no. So... Yeah. I mean, if, you, if, if you're anything like me, I don't like to watch documentaries about bands I don't give a fuck about, but uh, Back and Forth is a very good documentary. Yeah. Just for being in a band. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm definitely a fan of that stuff, so I will definitely do that. So, in, any closing thoughts on the Foo Fighters? I mean, we really, we touched base on y'all. Uh, so, do y'all agree with that being their f- biggest song? Like, is that y'all's favorite? Hagen, you said your favorite song is Home? Razor. Oh, Razor. yeah. Mine's, mine's Home. Yours is home. Yeah. And you're Dave. Got it. <laughs> okay. Adam. I'm I'm bad with favorite songs. Okay. I, you don't have to answer. We all know that. Okay. I proposed this question to to, to us uh maybe yeah. a month ago. The worst song on Wasting Light. On like a, on an album that we can all agree is like the probably the album that like shaped us into liking Foo Fighters. Wait, y'all talked about this before the show? No, this was this was just in, this is totally totally by accident. Wait, no, y'all he... talk outside of the podcast? <laughs> not not without you, don't worry. <laughs> so, what is the worst song on Wasting Light? It's a it's such a it's such a question of like what's the worst of it's the It's a best? loaded question. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh I think I've answered this twice. I and... think I think you've said I think I think I know your answer is. I think both times my answer was different. Oh no! I thought it was the, okay. What, okay, what's your answer? Oh, never mind. I should have known. Yeah, that that that, that, that was your answer. That's right. I should have known was your answer. Oh, it's such a. There's just no right answer. It sucks. Yeah. Adam, I, you have to pick one. You have to pick a worst. Probably a matter of time. I don't know. Okay. okay. It, it that middle like part of the album. There's like less memorable stuff to me. Sure. Uh, Especially I'm, you know the first five songs or whatever the singles. So. My my answer is very. Do you remember my answer? 
No. My answer is very controversial because it's the worst song on the album. It's not the worst. It's not. It's not a. Oh, like, I think I remember. By that. any means, is it a bad song? But if you take the album, I think the worst song for that whole thing is White Limo. <laughs> I think White Limo is the worst song on that album. For that album's sake, it's still a fucking great say, song. It's not a bad song. Still a fucking great song. I, I can see. Yeah, I can see how you think that. Yeah. What's your least favorite Foo Fighters song? Oh, I that, feel like that's like, that's a big uh, question. Mine, yeah. mine is for all the counts. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> is there a reason, Dave? Uh, it I just don't understand it. It feels like a a throwaway song. Yeah, I don't I don't know that. I don't. I couldn't tell you my least favorite Foo Fighters song overall. That's really tricky. I mean, for me, it's got to be one of their big hits that I hear right. all the time. Yeah, like I'm tired of Everlong. I skip that I whenever that it comes song. on. That's such a good song. That yeah. is the one song whenever like I have my friends who are in the same mindset as me about the Foo Fighters. Whenever we talk about them. Uh, that's the one song that I'll say. Yeah, but Everlong's a good song. It's a great song. And they always get mad at me. And they, they're like, class traitor. <laughs> I mean, it's a great song, but we've all heard it a lot. No, a I think, million times. I think yeah, dude, he a... plays guitar like a like drums, dude. <sighs> Fuck, I hate that shit. This <laughs> is not a Dave Grohl episode. This is a Foo Fighters episode. No, but I really quickly just want to say, like, I, I do idolize that man, but sometimes I read shit that he says, and I'm like, oh, what, why, why did I pick you? Why, why, why are you the one that I idolize? This sucks. I mean, everybody has to say something stupid at some point, right? True. True. Don't we know it? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, any any closing thoughts on the Foo Fighters? Any anything? Because this is y'all's chance. We're not doing this again. (laughs) I I don't. I don't want them to stop being a band. Of course. I don't want any one of those people to die. (laughs) Yeah. In general, but I think it's. I think. I think like. I know that's a fucking obvious statement, but like, I think it's really going to affect me if, if and when it happens. That's a fa- that that's a no, better I, yeah. thing to say. I, yeah, I, I think yeah. there is an angle to like it's it's like you said, it's cool that we get a new album every couple of years, like pretty reliably at this point. There's going to be a new album. And there's that's, enough to that's keep nice. you wanting. Yeah, there's uh, sorry, it's not so frequent that you're just like, ah, well, this one sucks. I'll just wait for the next one. Right. Yeah, but it's frequent enough that it's like you know that there's going to be something and, and they haven't had any albums that are just like, this is bad. Right. You guys can stop. You can, you can retire now. Yeah. I think, I think that I would just say to, to any of our listeners who, who have made it this far. I think, uh, I think that if you like the Foo Fighters, but I think most people in some capacity have liked some of the Foo Fighters. I think, I think trying to, if you haven't already tried to explore their discography, just, Give it a shot, whether it be the greatest hits, like I said, or pick their most recent album. Just try it. Because I think that I, I get shocked every time that I like, you know, I, I know like maybe somebody who kind of likes the Foo Fighters and they know this one song. Like they think Run is a great song. And then I'm like, well, have you listened to their Wasting Light? I'm like, no, I haven't listened to that album. I'm like, well, go do it. Because it's like, it really will put into context where Run came from almost, I think. Um, and same thing for if you like, if you like, uh, what was the single off of Medicine at Midnight that people didn't like? Shame, shame, shame. shame. Yeah. So if you if you if you like Shame, shame, I would say you know go listen to that other side of In Your Honor, and you can get an idea yeah. of where that kind of stuff. Just, just explore more of it. I think that they they offer so many options for whatever kind of listener you are, and um, you know it's it's just a really great ride to be a Foo Fighters listener. All right. Well, that's the Foo Fighters. And, or sorry, Foo Fighters. There it is. <laughs> we uh, almost went the whole fucking episode without that shit. 
<laughs> Very sorry. Well, thank you guys for talking at me again. And uh, I just wanted to be known that I did not bring up the negative shit. That was you guys. So yeah, yeah, you're fine. I brought up the Good negative job. shit for Bitty Bam. So what, who's that? <laughs> quickly, quickly before before we're done, let's all thank Jackson for doing this yeah, series, dude. It's, it was it, this is Good fun job. for Good all idea. of us. It's a great idea. Thank you. It was fun. It's very easy to just let people talk about what they want to talk you, about. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to do an episode by yourself talking to yourself. <laughs> I'm good. Um, I am not going to hold myself to this, but I, you guys said like, oh, I think each of you said like, let's do one with you, Jackson. You, let's do Radiohead. Let's do Coheed. And I, I said, absolutely not. So uh, fans, that's why we're not doing that. that <laughs> this is not, they, they were considerate. And they did. Add, they said, "Oh, let's do that with you." And I was like, "Nope, I don't want to do that. That, that, nope, I don't want to do it." I think I, I knew it was coming. You guys didn't. I, right. I think I think that uh, I know I know you're not going to do it, but it would be really fun for me to sit down and talk to you about Coheed, Dave to sit down and talk to you about Radiohead, and, and Adam to sit down and talk to you about Jack White. We flipped the script. That's exhausting. Yeah. Only, <laughs> only one of those sounds fun. We have to record all those at the same time, though. Only... We're all talking to you at the same time. <laughs> Just overwhelming. Oh. <laughs> Now that's an idea. <laughs> that's an idea. And oh man, y'all or y'all gotta like switch it up and I like, gotta figure out what we're talking about just based off context clues. Only one of those artists sounds fun to talk about. And I'm not gonna say who. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Well, it's been fun. I'm you know, it's been a what a good a good good little mini series we've done here, guys. So uh Yay. hope everybody's had a good year and uh uh, look forward to see what the Foo Fighters are doing next year. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>